Hi everybody, thanks for listening in. So you listen to Donna and Cheryl from Now Is Your Time um, and this is our Life Lessons podcast and today we are really excited as we usually are but today is a really special one because our guest today is a beautiful lady by the name of Claire Daw. Claire is actually a friend of mine since we were like what four years old Claire? Yes like 40 years, Donna. 40 40 years. years. Now everybody knows our age. (laughs) And um, Claire, you know, moved over to from um, sunny South Shields, where we were born and raised, over to Texas over 20 years ago now. Um, Really kind of living the dream, is an incredible entrepreneur, is a lawyer by background, which Claire will tell you a little bit about. Met the man of her dreams, her true soulmate, a beautiful guy called Brett over there. And um, had her first little girl, Lydia when about six years ago now Lydia's just gone six and then a few years later they decided you know they really wanted to add to the family to round it off and they had a gorgeous baby girl called Ava and that's what we're going to be talking to you a lot about today because um not long after Ava was born Claire and Brett found out there was something um medically really wrong a really grave condition and Claire's going to talk to us about how that affected their lives as a family how it affected Ada and the lessons that they've learned from it so welcome Claire Thank you. It's lovely to be here with you. It's, it's just so exciting. such a treat. <laughs> I know, I know. I get to talk to one of my best friends in the whole world. It's wonderful. Uh-huh. How lucky are we? So this is girl power right here for everybody listening. This is us just kind of geeking out because we're all together. We're so happy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to the internet. Um, so Claire, do you want to just take us to tell us, tell everyone listening today just a little bit about your life and what led up to Ava being born, really? What was your life like? Oh, yes, absolutely. So, you know, it was pretty normal by any standards. We'd, um, Brett, me and Brett had been married probably about five years and known each other a long time. Had Lydia, as you said, and she's fabulous. She's now six. Um, but felt that our family wasn't rounded out. So we decided to try for another baby. Um, I did have a couple of miscarriages before we were able to have Ava, um, you know, which is always very hard, but you, you know, keep moving forward. So mm. when Ava, um, when we found out we were pregnant with Ava, actually from the Lydia, before we'd even told her, we never talked about it, asked if I was pregnant. Um, wow. Lydia, and I remember, I think I was probably about seven weeks pregnant, um, six, I mean, literally just had the test come back. And Lydia asked if there was, and she was three at the time. Um, if there was a baby in mommy's tummy and um, we were shocked you know and hadn't talked about it in front of her because of the miscarriages and so late I said oh how did you know that and she said Jesus told me mommy in my dreams that there was a baby in your tummy and it's a baby sister Um, Wow! and uh, yeah so you know chills ensued and she was adamant and I, you know, told her, don't be too disappointed if it's a baby brother. It might be. And she was adamant it was a baby sister. <laughs> Named the, the baby at the time because it was Christmas, Cindy Lou Who from The Grinch. So <laughs> the, little Cindy Lou Who um, was, you know, very loved from that point. Um, when we found out it was a girl, she, you know, Lydia was, of course, well, of course she is. We knew that. <laughs> so, Jesus already said this. This is not a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course she is. So um, everything went well with the pregnancy, even though I was, you know, advanced maternal age. Like, <laughs> or, I did hear it. No, geriatric, geriatric, geriatric. 
You, yeah, they told her you were geriatric. 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 I remember that hospital appointment. It was not good. Wow. Ger- geriatric maternity. <gasps> so um, we, um, Ava came, you know, really pretty simply. And um, a day before we scheduled her to be um, induced, she actually decided to arrive. And um, a more complicating factor, I was having... Um, some issues, some blood pressure issues, and we didn't know it. So I'd say she's my little angel because had she not come the minute she came, I would have been in really dire straits, they mm-hmm. found out. Um, and so they, I had some condition that I think one in four women die from, and we wow. didn't know I had it. Mm-hmm. And I'd been to my doctor the day she um decided to come and everything was fine so Mm -hmm. something had gone undetected so she is my little angel she she kind of knew it was her time to come so she was born she was beautiful she was perfect um and uh you know kind of rounded out the family and Lydia immediately went into big sister mode and we came home and everything was right with the world um and it was actually at her two-week appointment just a two-week checkup Mm-hmm. that now looking back I first of all took her on my own um I was two weeks after a c-section so shouldn't have been driving but you know because I'm mm-hmm. a superwoman did <laughs> um so you know I can handle anything took her to this appointment at which um her doctor said tell me about her head and it was funny when she was born all of the nurses in the hospital said she looked like she'd been a breech baby and she hadn't been Mm-hmm. Um, but they all said her head is, is different. It was just a different shape. Well, all babies' heads are a different shape and weird, right. and you just wait a while and they go back to normal. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, hadn't thought much of it. So our wonderful pediatrician, um, who is just, you know, a good friend of ours now because of everything we went through, said at the two-week appointment, I think she has a condition and she wrote it down, and I had to Google it, called craniosynostosis. So I have this tiny little two-week-old baby who's just gorgeous and healthy in all other respects, but mm-hmm. we think she has craniosynostosis. So she, I could see it was urgent, and she said, I need you to go to the children's hospital now, today. In fact, I'm, I'm calling them now, and you get in the car and drive over there now. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, I, I held it together. I, I'm pretty good in those situations, holding it together in the moment. But, you know, I take take her out of the car, get in the car, get get her in a car seat and start Googling what craniosynostosis is. And, of course, you see all of the horrible pictures, yeah. you you know, all of the, 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 the worst case scenarios. So then I, you know, I'm crying so much I can't even see past the tears. Um, called my husband who works an hour away um to tell him and couldn't get him and call my parents who have Lydia at the time um and they're out at a playground and say I you've got to meet me at the hospital because I've got to take the baby over there so it was one of those situations once I could see to drive um you know the whole way to the hospital just praying just you know the, the deals you do with God, you know, mm. please let this just be all right. And I'll never do this. And mm-hmm. I'll do this. I promise, you know, yeah. so, you, those just those constant prayers over and over and over and over again. So, you know, it turns out she, they, they had to do 
um, an MRI and a, a CAT scan on, on her that day, um, you know, two-week-old baby, um, and I had to hold her down while they did it, mm. which, you know, you, you don't forget those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and turns out she did have craniosynostosis. And what craniosynostosis is, um, you know, when babies are born, your head is like, uh, your skull is like a jigsaw. You know, it's in multiple pieces, and that's to allow your brain to grow. Um, and it grows a lot between birth and, you know, 18 months, two years. And then right at the two year point, the skull starts to calcify and join up. And so it's those little squiggly lines you see on a skull, Mm -hmm. uh, the pieces of that, and they're called sutures. And what can happen, and they don't know why, and it was nothing I did, and it was nothing I could have done. But at some point, um, probably when she was in my tummy about five months in, um, those sutures fuse together um, prematurely. So she's got the, you've right. got one big long long one runs down the top of your head that had prematurely fused. And what that means is your skull can't expand for your brain to grow. And there are various pieces of this that can be fused on babies. Some babies are born with all of them fused. Wow. Some are born with the one at the back fused. If you've ever seen people whose heads are sort of, you know, their eyes are sort of pulled over and their foreheads yeah. are yeah. pulled to the side, that's yeah. this. That's right. Um, and so um, people with really big, big um, foreheads, you know, yeah. those, those are very, you know, um, deformed foreheads, that's this. So um, we were told at two weeks, she was going to have to have surgery. And so you're in the car, the Google, and like you've Googled, I'm it, you're Googling seeing these images, yes. and you're on your own at this point, and you're like, yes. okay, great, this is what, because you go worst case scenario, you Google it, and you don't get the yeah. mild yes. pictures, right? You get the, oh my God, pictures, yeah? Yes, yes. And so, you know, I have this little baby, and I'm just trying to hold it together and, you know, not throw up and not just fall apart. And I have a, three-year-old as well Mm -hmm. you know and I what was running through my head a lot was if she sees me really scared and worried she's going to be scared and worried Mm -hmm. and she loves her little sister and now we can't imagine life without this this little girl and I didn't want Lydia to be scared and worried and she unfortunately had to come to the hospital with us there was no way around it so you know she got to play um uh, in the in the lobby of the hospital she still talks about that actually remember the day we went to that other hospital and wow. I, you know it's three years ago so it was it was kind of a, a core memory for her yeah um but yes I you know I immediately went into fix it mode which is what I do you know I if I feel like things are getting out of control I've got to figure out a solution and a way to fix it um we figured out my husband is the opposite and he goes into blinders, it's not happening, la, 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 I don't want to know about it mode, let other people fix it. Like, like, um, when, you went, like when you went into labor the first time and Brett decided that was a really good time to start mowing all the lawns. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like that. She, she ran yeah. me, she's like, okay, I'm actively in labor and Brett's now mowing the lawn. I had an hour to get to the hospital and um, he decided to mow the lawns and hang every picture in the baby's room that I'd yeah. asked him to hang. Yep. Okay. 
That's yeah. how he deals, you know. Really cool. I, I told Donna, if he stops washing the windows, I've had it. I'm getting in the car and I'm driving. <laughs> so I'll leave him behind. Yes, that's that's him. And, you know, he handles, and it was a good life lesson for us too and for me because he handles things differently than I do, you know, yeah. and that's okay. It didn't mean he didn't care. Yeah. It didn't mean he didn't want her to be all right. He just didn't process things the way I did, you yeah. know. So, you know, during that period of time, of course, I was showing him all these articles. I was going into detail on the surgeries. There were two surgery options we could have done. You know, I knew the ins and outs. I knew which teams in America were the best teams to, you know, in in America to do it. I thought about, do we fly up to Seattle to have the surgery done there? You know, I had already gone to all of these places when he was just like, let's just pray about it and it might not even be this and it might just go away you know yeah yeah it yeah just go away so we ended up seeing one doctor um that it was the first doctor we could get in with she was three weeks old at the time and he described the surgery that they've done for a hundred years which is quite frankly it sounds barbaric um mm. uh, i've done enough research to know there was another newer surgery that was still considered kind of cutting edge and experimental, but was less intrusive. Because um, the, the initial barbaric... doctor wanted to kind of cut her like ear to ear over the yes. top of her head, yeah? Yes, and he was very clinical about it. You know, I remember we were sitting there, she was three weeks old. Again, Lydia, my three-year-old, had to be there for, for this. Um, and um, he wanted to cut from ear to ear in a zigzag over the top of her head um sort of like a rainbow arch over the top of her head pull her um scalp open cut the top of her skull off sort of like you know you've got a a soft boiled egg yeah yeah take it out cut it into pieces and through computer programs now they figure out how to put it back together so staple it back together put it back in and sew it back up and there's significant blood loss there's obviously scarring there's it's a six hour surgery um and they can't do it until children are almost a year old because of the blood loss they they would lose babies if they did it before Mm -hmm. then um and he was just very clinical about it and you know my reaction was i actually got quite angry because i asked him about the other surgery and he really didn't want to talk about it what i since found out is he didn't do the other surgery. I yeah, presumed yeah. all doctors would do everything. Mm. He specialized in this one surgery and believed in it and had a lot of success, mm-hmm. but didn't believe in the other one. So basically just minimized the other one, told me, you know, had a lot of, of non you know, BS reasons why it wasn't right for us. Mm-hmm. You know, I thankfully I pushed back and saw through it and didn't just take what he said as yeah possible mm-hmm. and when we left that appointment I called our doctor and said we're not he's not going to work for us I need another doctor mm-hmm. now um, so we immediately got a referral for another surgeon and got in to see him she was a month old at that point and it was night and day mm-hmm. and you know during this period of time there was so much uncertainty you know I, I knew this baby was going to have to have a surgery you know, I'm on maternity leave, I'm hormonal anyway, you know, you, you go to all of these places that are, what, what if it doesn't work out? What if yeah. the surgery mm-hmm. goes wrong? What if, 
you know, I don't have this baby at Christmas. You know, mm. this was yeah. September, you know, August, September. Mm. But then you try to put it all out of your mind because I was trying to enjoy having her because I had her there and she mm-hmm. was, my, you know, she was growing and, and you know, healthy, otherwise healthy. Um, and you would never know there was anything wrong with her. And so I was, you know, I had all of those competing things that you try to, you know, appreciate what you have, live in the moment, you know, mm-hmm. don't think just, you know, be positive. You know, then I'd have these crushing feelings of what if she dies? What if I don't have a, mm-hmm. I started singing this little song to her during that period of time. That's a Doris Day song and now, now I'll stop crying. A yeah. Doris Day song, um, a bushel and peck. And I would, I remember I would just walk around the house, rocking her, singing to her. Yeah. And, um, because I wanted to remember all of these moments with her just in case, you know, mm. I, I wanted to try to have all of these special moments with her. So we go to see this second. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just thinking, and you know, when you said before, cause you said um, it was nothing I did. Mm-hmm. Us as mums, Caleb can scratch his cheek at football and I wasn't there and I kind of feel guilty that I let him go to football so was there ever any moments that you went through where you were thinking is this something I've done before you kind of came out to the other end did did those thoughts go through your head of oh my god like is this my Mm. oh yes I mean you because you know when I asked the doctor how does this happen you know and they they say we actually don't know we think an enzyme of some kind was introduced to your body probably around the fifth month. And, and then it becomes, it turns it into a birth defect because she was born with a birth defect Mm -hmm. and something we couldn't pick up on a scan, you know? And so, yes, you know, I was thinking, enzyme you know so you start mm-hmm. I start googling enzyme where where could the enzyme was it something I ate was it something I drank was it did I not wash my hands did I you know did I eat a soft cheese did I not cook something properly you know mm-hmm. and you can drive yourself mad with that and yeah. you know finally I just had to get peace with it happened you know I know I did the best I could you know I I wasn't you know I, I was taking care of myself as best I could. Mm. I also had the, the, the age guilt. Is it because I'm mm. older? Yeah. You know, was that why it happened? Did mm-hmm. I wait too long to have her? You know, uh, you know, all of those things. And, you know, since I've talked to mothers of babies that have had this, who are 25? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, know, mm-hmm. you, know, you don't have to be 41 for it to happen. So Exactly. But yes, I did have to process all of that. And I read a lot about it and finally had to realize, you know, there was nothing I could have done differently. And I was doing the best I could to, you know, get her where she needed to be now, mm-hmm. now that we were in this, in this situation. Um, so our, our second surgeon that we went to see was night and day and, I remember he held her and he, he said she had the most beautiful blue eyes he'd ever seen and talked to her and told us about his children and family and um, and then went and got a skull and showed us the skull and explained it to us. Um, and he was a proponent of the other surgery um, that was less invasive. And I remember him saying, you know, I asked about the minimally invasive surgery because that's what it's called online. And he said, there is nothing minimal about this. I'm going to be cutting into your baby's 
skull and yeah. and there is nothing minimal about this but let's just say it's it's the the less invasive one mm-hmm. um and you know i was asking him lots of questions you know my husband was just kind of sitting there listening and he's very my husband's very intelligent Brett's very intelligent but mm-hmm. you know was just listening to what the doctor said and i was asking lots of questions and at one point i remember the doctor saying do you have a medical background? <laughs> like, are you in the medical field? <laughs> but um, I think, you know, you, so your background is in law, right? You know, you've had right. to dissect contracts and you've had to make sure that there is no small print, there is nothing that's getting past you that's going to come at you down the line. So I think this is where we often say it's kind of like you go into situations and your work head kicks in. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you said, you said you went into um, fix it mode. And your way of fix it mode was to find out as much information as possible so that you were making the right choice for your daughter, but also Correct. that you were well as informed as possible as formed as much as you could be without being right. surgeon. Right. And I did I did make a point of not continuously looking at all of the graphic pictures and all of the horror stories. Yeah. You know, I tried to make it as clinical and as as focused as possible just what you know the detail of it versus looking at all of the you know sitting there feeling sorry for myself looking at all of these poor babies and or or googling what's the worst that can happen or you know bad things that can happen and deaths and you know I tried not to do that but yes I definitely um that's how I got peace and again my husband got peace by just not thinking about Mm -hmm. it um I did have yes I am I, I am a a a lawyer by training and so I did have a closing checklist Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. um, for the surgery and it was very beautifully laid out and I was very well organized and I was Mm -hmm. on top of things and calling people and um, we had you know I had you know a matrix of all of who all of these people because we had lots of doctor's appointments and lots Mm -hmm. of different places and lots of moving pieces and I remember saying to Brett at the time you know, I, I'm lucky that I can approach it this way. You know, there are lots of families where the people don't speak English here, mm-hmm. especially here in Texas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots of people who um, don't have the, the work flexibility that I did to be able to yeah. go to all of these doctor's appointments. And so it, it sounds really um, sort of Pollyanna, but throughout the whole thing, I kept trying to look for, you know, we're actually pretty well off in a lot of ways and i don't mean money i, I mean you know other people have it worse than us yeah and there are people who have be, have little babies with this same situation who don't have a car to drive to the doctor's appointment they're having yeah. to get the baby on a bus you know yeah. they don't they can't leave work to go and yeah. do it all you know, i I'm remember you being that. grateful and saying i'm so pleased and we found out if i'd still been in england and had her you know Eva we would not have known because in England which we'll talk about in the, they don't they wouldn't look for those symptoms the same way as your pediatrician no. did on her checkup over there they don't do the same yeah. checks right so no. there was so much no. I remember you being grateful for and I was like my god like I feel like the like our world's blown up even over here because we loved you so much but for you it was like yeah, yeah but we're, we're moving through it we're, <laughs> we're on the march we're moving through it yeah and yeah, and I had it just, you know, even though I had all the doubts in the back of my mind, is, is she going to be okay? You know, I kept focusing on, she has a life ahead of her. She, you know, she, 
there have been too many special things have happened to this little girl already. Like mm -hmm. there are big things ahead for her. She yeah. has a life ahead. Yeah. And so it will work out. It's just going to be painful in the meantime. And it's yeah. not easy and it's okay that it's not easy. But yes, I, um, I was looking for the good things. You know, we happen to have one of the best surgical teams for this particular thing in the world that is three miles from my house mm -hmm. and people have to uproot their lives to come see these doctors and move and lose jobs and you yeah. know and I could get in the car and three miles down the road was mm -hmm. this team you know I, I was trying to put all of those things into perspective like mm -hmm. we it, it the, things are aligning for us and and I need to focus on that so you know, we had months of appointments and finally at three months old, she had her surgery. Um, and I, you know, I don't mean to skip through a lot of that, but, you know, I think it, we, you know, there was a, a lot of doctor's appointments and a, a, again, a lot of praying and a lot of, you know, trying to stay positive and live life in the moment. Cause again, I had a family, you know, I had, I had a little girl starting preschool and mm -hmm. I had, and she was excited about that. And she was, you know, she had things in her life that we had to keep normal for her. Um, and, you know, I had work. I also was working during that time. And, you know, I, I had to try to stay as normal as possible. You can't lead every work conversation with, and, and I might lose it because my baby's going to have surgery in a month and I don't mm -hmm. know if she's going to live. You, you know, yeah. you've got to yeah. sort of just keep going with things. Yeah. Um, and and so at three months she uh, had her surgery and the surgery uh involved us making two kind of two inch incisions on her skull um on the top sort of above her forehead and part way um sort of on the crown of her head and um the neurosurgeon cut out a piece of her skull um, sort of like the size of an iPhone on the top of her head, if you can visualize that. Mm -hmm. And the point of that was so that her brain could grow and expand. And what they told me was um, babies are bone making machines at that age so that her body would just regenerate the bone and her skull would grow back. And it would eventually just all fill in and grow in little pockets. Too, I, I imagined it growing from side to side where they right. put it and joining yeah. in the middle. But they said it'll grow in little islands and it'll all eventually join up and harden. Mm -hmm. um, and um, and and then she'll be able to, you know, just a, adapt and grow normally after that. It was the hope, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah, um, and uh, it was you know, that's, uh, you know, I've sort of probably made it sound simpler than it is, but it's, it was a very scary surgery. We found out she had a main artery that ran right where the surgeon had a cut, wow. um, which um, was very clear on a, on a CT scan. We saw it and I remember hearing the surgeon go, Oh no. And you never want a surgeon to say that, no. you know? Yeah. Um, and so that kind of put a wrinkle in it. So we were focused on the artery for a while and they basically said, we'll have to have lots of blood on hand um, to, um, in case. Uh, we're actually a blood match, um, which is wonderful. But um, in America, if you've spent any time in England, 
um, more than six months during a period from the 80s to the 90s, you're not allowed to donate blood. Oh, um, because of mad cow disease. Oh, and so wow. I'm not allowed to donate blood. And so I was trying to donate blood for my own child and couldn't. And they wouldn't let me. <laughs> I, wow. I mean, we've been called mad cow several times, but yes. it's never got in the way to that no. extent, has it? No. 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 I mean, it's it's official. I mean, the the American government is you know literally labeled me. as mad cow. I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm toxic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the day. I mean, I know we laugh, but the day that I mean, the day that surgery, it's a little bit like where were you and Bobby? You and you know woke up again because I remember the day of. Ava's surgery and I remember being in corporate world and I had my whole team saying prayers all day prayers mm -hmm. all day so I can mm -hmm. you know be in there as the mum and dad and and going through that I mean because how many hours was she actually in with the surgeons she was in about three three mm -hmm. hours from yeah. start to finish you and must have held um, your breath the whole time it, it was, yes. I mean, I, you know what I did? It was, I was nursing as well at the time. And so I had to take a pump. You know, I remember going to a little room and pumping and um, I bought a journal and um, how I decided to get through it instead of just sitting there on my phone mindlessly or, you know, um, you know, just sitting there kind of panicked. I thought I'm going to write everything that comes into my head right now during this period because I wanted to read it at some point yeah. and so I sat in the waiting room with this blank journal and just wrote sort of stream of consciousness and you know cried and you know and it, it, it was but just anything that came to mind because I thought this is a, a really special strange moment in time and I want her to understand what I was thinking during that time and yeah um you know I I'll give it to her one day. I've not gone back and read it, to be honest. Um, but that's how I got through it. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll never forget. There was a situation where we were sitting in the waiting room um, and my mom was there. She'd flown over. Um, Brett's parents were there. Brett was there. And they'd given us this little pager that, that would go off when they wanted us to come and talk to anyone. And um, they let us know she was doing fine and, you know, things were going all right. You know, they said they would call partway through. Well, this pager went off and, you know, you, you talk about moms being like su superhuman and superhuman strength. Apparently I had superhuman speed um, because <laughs> I made it to where this reception area was um, so fast that the, the neurosurgeon was there to tell me things that, had gone well so far and it given me a full breakdown and had walked away by the time Brett and our parents walked up. <laughs> really, really. I, I, he said he'd never seen me move that fast. And I was like, well, I, I, I'm a mom. That's why. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and of course the doctor had said everything was going, hadn't gone, had gone beautifully and everything was fine. And, you know, she'd be done in about an hour and everything was going to be fine. So of course I start bawling. Yeah. So everyone walked up as I'm bawling. Uh -huh. um, okay. Okay. You know, the worst had gone wrong, but, um, you know, I, and my husband was mad because he didn't get a chance to talk to the doctor. And he's like, why didn't you wait for me? And I was like, yeah. Too slow. <laughs> Keep up. <laughs> she, was, she was she was okay and you got yeah. to see her 
Yeah. And then she like drank the milk. Yeah. Like I remember like thinking that must have been the best bottle ever when she had, when she had some milk and you were like messaging saying she drank all her milk. (laughs) I know. Well, you know, it was, it was funny. We, we had to wait a while. She was in ICU and we had to wait a while to go and see her. And I remember, you know, I was worried. What if they've done something to her brain, which sounds silly now, but what if, you know, what if she's not my baby after mm-hmm. this? You know, what if she's not, because she was smiling and laughing, you know, at that age. And so I never forget, we walked in the room and she was in pain and, and she looked awful, poor little thing. And, um, and we started talking to her and she opened her eyes and looked at me and she smiled. Mm. and and then we got to hold her and I sang that little song to her that I sang and she knew it Mm -hmm. and that was the point where I was like she knows me and she knows this song this is my baby she's all right you know and yes and she was drinking milk you know within hours and and she slept and you know it it was just a miracle it really felt like a miracle um and you know, to, to gradually see a, you, you know, really recover within hours. I mean, mm. babies are wow. amazing. And we had a great hospital and a great surgical team, but I think it's just a lot of, she's a very strong little girl. And would you believe we took her home the next day? Mm, it's like, just, we, yeah. Wow. She, she had surgery at seven in the morning on a Tuesday. We were sitting on our settee at three the next afternoon. Wow. I forgot I forgot about you I forgot that whole bit about you worrying that it would change your personality because remember I remember now remember you saying like it's like you know you hear about people who have brain injuries and mm-hmm. they're not the same or their voice is different or you know like crazy things and I forgot right. all about that and remember that relief yeah. remember you saying well that. because it, you know it was a decision we made um she could have probably lived a normal life without having this surgery. You know, the doctors told us she would be deformed. Um, they said she might have um, developmental problems. She could have eye problems. So we've had to have a tested for all of that and she's fine. And we'll continue having her tested every year till she's 18 just to make sure. But mm-hmm. she, um, you know, I had this normal baby, healthy baby, happy baby, that I was deciding to do this major surgery on, you know, so there was part of this, I was like, why am I doing this? What if something bad happens to her Mm -hmm. and she's fine now? And I remember the doctor saying to me, if it were me, if it was my child, I would do it first Mm -hmm. of all. And I really don't think you have a choice because you need to do what's best for her in the long run. And Mm -hmm. if she grows up, you know, really deformed, it, you know, and we would love her regardless of how she looked. Yeah. But it's going to have mental impact on her. It's going to impact her life. And you have a chance now to set her up to be the best she can be. And, yeah. but, but I was still, you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? And so that was really a huge concern of mine. I'm like, is my baby going to be the same? And, you know, she she smiled at me within minutes and yeah. recognized a song. So yes, it was, um, it, it, it was a hard time and, but it was, you know, one of these things, I think we didn't have a choice. And now looking back, 
it was absolutely the right thing. It's, the, do, it's yeah. the blink of an eye, isn't it? At least it was when she was young, because what everybody needs to understand is obviously because Ava had this piece of her skull missing, her brain, her head had to be protected. So then you had mm -hmm. a whole year of, what, 23 hours a day. Uh, you know, as a baby, having to wear what looked like effectively like a crash helmet, like a white uh -huh. helmet, special helmet. Yes, yes. And it, it was a, a very heavy, fully enclosed helmet with like little breathe holes that were there to protect um, her head because it was, you know, her entire uh, top of her head was a soft spot mm -hmm. and could be damaged. We also had to retrain her brain because her brain had been growing in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of a muscle memory thing. So it was a big commitment for us, um, 23 hours and for her, 23 hours a day, she wore the helmet, an hour a day, she got to take it off. Um, she was a three month old baby wearing a helmet that weighed about three pounds, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you know, it, it, she looked funny, you know, people asked questions about her. She now looking back, um, it was great because when she was learning how to walk, she fell over, she hit her head. 